A Song Can Change Your Life is made possible by a grant from the Fulton County Virtual Arts Initiative. Recognizing the therapeutic value of the arts and the need to support the creative community during the COVID pandemic, the Fulton County Virtual Arts Initiative offers operational support to enhance the art sector's ability to present virtual arts programs and creative engagement opportunities for Fulton County residents and visitors. A Song Can Change Your Life is recorded in the Black Box at the Alpharetta Arts Center, located at 238 Canton Street, Alpharetta. To learn more about programs and events at the Alpharetta Arts Center, go to alpharetta.ga.us and search Art Center or click the link located on our website, asongcanchangeyourlife.com. Hello and welcome to A Song Can Change Your Life, where we talk with one songwriter, one-on-one, about one of their songs. My name is James, and we're coming to you from the Black Box at the Alpharetta Arts Center in beautiful Alpharetta, Georgia. Our show is brought to you by Home by Dark, the city of Alpharetta, Georgia, Fulton County Arts and Culture, and Arts Alpharetta. Our guest today is singer-songwriter Emily Shackleton. After studying at the Berklee College of Music, where she won the coveted BMI John Lennon Songwriting Competition, Shackleton penned the Carly Pierce single, Every Little Thing, which hit number one on the Music Row Country Breakout chart, as well as Lauren Elena's single, Doing Fine. Emily was awarded the 2018 Music Row's Breakout Songwriter of the Year. She has had songs featured on TV shows like American Idol and ABC's Nashville. Her catalog includes cuts by Reba McIntyre, Carly Pierce, Runaway June, Sarah Evans, David Cook, Mickey Guyton, Cassidy Pope, and more. On today's show, I talk with Emily about her powerful song, Show Me Around, written for her late friend and hit songwriter, Busby. I heard you got a brand new place Feels like at least a million miles away I hope I get to meet you there someday And we'll pick back up like no time's past Yeah, pray it happens like that But you're up there right now Making plans and writing out All your favorite places that you just can't wait to take us And we'll get to spend forever Talking about whatever promise you'll track me down and show me around emily shackleton welcome to alpharetta welcome to a song could change your life it's always always great to see you thanks for having me james you always you always when you're ever on our concert calendar or whenever i see you you're you're just a bright spot as a human being you really are um, kind of you you really are and and i always look forward to i, I love you as a songwriter and musician but but just you're one of those personalities that um, very calming and, and joyful. And I was going to ask you, because I know you're from Minnesota, I and I don't know if this is a Minnesota trait or not, but <laughs> I know people from the Midwest and that part of the country. And um, But the last couple of years, you've had some really high highs mm-hmm. and some really low lows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from the high side, from the uh, the 2018 Music Row, uh, what was it, songwriter, breakout songwriter of the year, um, the Carly Pierce number one hit, Laura Lena hit, um, that, those kind of highs. And then 
your husband was in a very difficult accident, not to mention what else going on with the world, but you always seem to have this even keel. You know, you never, you never sort of stay in that, that cloud too long and you never stay in that valley too long, at least, at least my interaction with you. And I, I was, I was kind of curious, is that a family trait, a Emily Shackleton trait, a Minnesota trait, or, or do, do you, do you agree with me on that? Um, that's a tough question. I think that we all try to put on, um, uh, a sure. brave exterior too. And I think that this past year or two has been definitely the hardest of my life, but, um, I think my parents, my grandparents um, have always taught me to be grateful. And uh, my grandmother always said the best way to pick yourself up out of depression is to start counting your blessings. And um, I am supremely blessed. um, And it doesn't take long um, when I start counting to know how good things are and how grateful I am. Yeah. Do you think think having sort of that, uh, sort of a, a pretty good equilibrium, um, because not every I, we, we interview a lot of we talk to we interact with a lot of songwriters, and <laughs> there's some extremes and personalities. But you put out a ton of music. I mean, when you you'll do a show with us, our home by dark shows, and you'll could be separated by six or nine months. And in a typical songwriter that we deal with, they may have come up with a song or two to add to the second show, whatever. When I interact with you and I say, hey, Emily, we want you for this show in nine months and we start looking at song catalog, all of a sudden you've got 10 or 15 new songs you push at me and I'm like, that's amazing. And I, I wonder if that's in part tied to your ability to just keep moving forward. Even when the highs come and the lows come, you just keep moving forward. I think um, within my profession of... Um writing songs, it's always about the next song. Even when like the song, when you have a song that's on the radio or having big things happen, like it's not about that song anymore. It's always about the next song and moving forward. And um, it's not always the most fun. I want to spend more time in like a song sometimes or see it have more life, but for whatever reason, that's the way that the music business works. And um, this is my 13th year in the music business, and I have learned how to move forward, I guess, through yeah. songwriting. Yeah. Do you take, do you take time, though, to—because you had a huge hit with Carly Pierce, Every Little Thing. Do you, do you take time more than just like, oh, that was cool? Do you take time to celebrate that and, and really go, wow, that was, that was great? Or do you, I, lie, do you allow yourself to do that? I— Every little thing was really interesting because I had my um, my daughter Ruby um, two months before it went number one. Um, and was pregnant the entire time that it was on the radio, uh, climbing and and there was celebrating, but I was more celebrating the birth of our second child after a year of trying to get pregnant and nothing mm. happening mm-hmm. and just kind of feeling like so many personal victories and Mm -hmm. victories like within my family that every little thing sort of became like this secondary Hmm. celebration to uh, the joy that Ruby brought to us. And that seems like mostly the way that God has allowed my career to happen has always been like 
hold it loosely. This isn't, this isn't really the most important thing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Sometimes my, um, Liz, who's just like my fairy godmother, Liz Rose, um, you're, you're a staff writer with Liz Rose. I am. Yep. She's, uh, one of my publishers and she did, she took me aside at one point. She was like, you need to celebrate this now. It's not, it will be on the charts for a week or two and then it won't be the number one anymore and you need to celebrate it now. And, um, they took me out to Italian and they brought me <laughs> flowers and champagne. Uh, and um, I got to bring my husband and my parents um, to um, the NSAI awards and they got to watch me accept an award. And I got to introduce my mom to Tony Arata and a bunch of other of her idols. And um, it was a wonderful night of celebration. So there was some celebrating. Well, and you wrote a really wonderful article in, in Huffington Post. Yes. <laughs> about about being a mom and a songwriter and some of the, the guilt associated with trying to be a focused career person, but also you got this these this baby at home. Um and so so yeah, you you've been wrestling with that for a while. I have been. Yeah, that's always been um well, I think that I struggled most of my life with um with not putting music at too high of a place in my life. Um, I think I struggled for a long time with um, holding it too tightly and or placing my happiness on what happened with it. Mm. Um, and when I had our first child, Benjamin, he really sort of aligned a lot of things for me. And I was like, oh, right. It really is just, um, it's a career and music is such a, I mean, it's therapy. Writing is, I would do it whether I had a job or not, but the actual job of it, of having to leave home and go into work every day and write songs was very challenging after after I had been. I kind of wanted to just stay home and hibernate forever with him. Sure, sure. Which, which is, uh, which I guess you know, I'm not, I'm not a lady, but um, I imagine that's that's a common, uh, common struggle with ladies so. in the music business. I think so. I think it's a common struggle with any woman um, who has children. Yeah. And any yeah. career, yeah, yeah, well, and 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 maybe heightens a little bit in a town like Nashville, where man, it is all about pushing hard and forward, and and yeah. being at that next writing appointment, and next? boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, and uh, that's got to be tough. It was really tough. It was really tough. I got to the point where I got really burnt out really quickly. Yeah. Uh, I went back to work too fast after I had been, and um, started plotting my. Um, escape from the music business. Mm -hmm. When Ben was around eight or nine months old, my husband and I started dreaming of moving to California and just doing something new with yeah. our lives. I heard that there's no growing old And now you only walk on streets of gold I've only read about what you see But you know And I'm still here missing you Oh, wonder what you're getting into. So you ended up in going to school at Berkeley in Boston. I did. Um, and so, you, so you you must have had music ambition really early to to uh, go that path. I did. My whole life um, was all about music. I grew up with parents that have the best singing voices that I know, and and we would have days in our house where we there would be opera days. Like you couldn't ask a question, you had to sing it. 
Or, <laughs> Opera what days. did you want for dinner? That's awesome. I think I want meatloaf, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, so it was, it was, it was really idyllic. It was a really special childhood. Oh man. Um, really good people. Uh, my family was kind of jokingly known as the Von Shackleton family singers um, because awesome. we were kind of that family. Um, but I knew nothing about Berkeley and I knew nothing about Nashville. I uh, found, I don't really even remember how I found it, but there was this musical tour happening, this um, music ministry tour for kids coming out of high school and in college. It's called the Continental Singers. And um, you could do summer tours. And I thought, this is what, this sounds like a fun summer. So between my junior and senior year of high school, um, I went and sang for Jesus doing dance moves where I didn't shake my hips and um, <laughs> sang, sang a bunch of like, you know, Christian songs that you would hear on the radio at that yep. time. And my husband was in the band. Um, he We met that way. And um, I found out about Berkeley through him. He was getting ready to apply and was telling me about it, about how incredible it was, and encouraged me to come visit with him. And we were still just friends at that point. And, um, and we visited and fell in love with Boston and Berkeley and each other. And um, the rest is history. We, we went, um, we did our studies in three years uh, because once we got there, I found out about Nashville from my professors and they were all like, you have to move to Nashville. So we hurried it up and moved down to Nashville. So you went straight from Berkeley to Nashville? And we did. And so, but did you have a job lined up or anything, or you just went down there and said, I'm mm -hmm. going to figure out how to, were you trying to, at that point, be thinking you were going to be a performer or a songwriter? Hmm. I think I already knew that songwriting was the route that I wanted to take to um, try to get there. I think for me, it's always been like, if you sing, if you play, if you write songs, you are an artist. Um I was still trying to figure out if I was trying to aim for country radio as an artist or right. not, I think. Right. And Nashville, well, for a young person coming into that town, um, you, to get your songs heard, you got to perform a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so, and if you have the talent you did, I'm sure you start getting that attention like, hey, you should, you should be an artist. You should really focus down this track. Um, and... And you and you released products as Emily Shack as a solo performer, Artist, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. It's really interesting. I wanted I wanted to be Celine Dion my whole life. Like that's all I wanted, or Carol King, or or someone, you know. And I thought that they all wrote their own songs, and that everyone you heard on the radio wrote their own songs. Hmm. So I thought I had to write my own songs. Um, and as I grew up and moved to Nashville, for whatever reason, I had no problem. I had fear, of course, but I felt brave enough to knock on every door in town with my songs. You got to hear my songs. I believe in these songs. These songs belong on the radio. And I just never really did that for myself as an artist. Hmm. I always kind of stood behind my songs first. And I don't know if I was waiting for someone to offer me a record deal. But looking back, I can see for whatever reason, God just really gave me a lot of courage to to go be a songwriter. And mm -hmm. that's what happened. So how long were you hitting the pavement before? Was was Liz the first 
you signed with or with the other publishing company or how no, that come? when when I moved down to Nashville, um, it took about eleven months um, to sign a deal, and I worked like four odd jobs until then. Eleven months is short. It, I was very wow. I was very very lucky. Wow. Um, I so at the end of my time at Berkeley, I won um, a competition that BMI puts on called the John Lennon yeah. um, competition. And through that, I got to meet with a rep at BMI Nashville, um, which is a writer um, writer organization um, for songwriters' rights. And that relationship, every time I'd meet with her, she'd say, great job. Write a few more. Bring me a couple more songs in a couple months. And I'd be like, okay. These are the best ones, though. Like, these are the ones. You know, every time I'd write this song, I'd be like, this is the one. Um and I did that a couple times for about six months. And after six months, she said, you want to go on some meetings? And she personally took me. And um, I'm to this day, I sing her praises. Her name's Beth Laird. I'm indebted to her. She's mm. a wonderful, wonderful human. And I signed my first deal with, it was called Bug Music at the yeah, time. Yeah. Now it's just part of BMG. Yeah. Um, I was there for two years. It was a big learning curve. I'd only written songs by myself mm-hmm. up until that point and uh, learned how to co-write, started to learn the Nashville language, um, and then got dropped. Yeah. Yes. What was uh, your first – you remember your first cut? Yes. My first cut was um, a song on American Idol. That was your first cut, the David Cook – Right? Yeah. And that happened right before I signed my first deal. So that was really exciting because it was kind of like something that I could bring in to be like, yeah. this is yeah, this is what happened. Yeah, it was quite, quite, a, quite an entry. Yeah, it was a blessing. Man. A wild, another wild, like one in a million. I submitted the song. They were doing a contest that year on American Idol. Yeah. Submit- and they got like 30,000 yeah. song submissions. So. And you just Somehow you sent your sin without you just sent it in cold as Emily Shackleton, not through the publishing company or anything. No, I didn't have one yet. That's amazing, isn't it? That they 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 s- they listen to all that, and that's incredible. Yeah, I feel so lucky. And did you feel did you feel validated at at, the, at that point, or was that were you, did you struggle with that at all as a songwriter? I felt validated. Um, it wasn't Nashville, so it didn't feel like. It felt like validation in the world of like, look, mom, I'm making music, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in the like forwarding my Nashville right. career. Yeah. So, so you're with them for a few years and you're, you're, you're seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly of the industry. I am. And years are, years are, are going by. Um, you alluded to this earlier, but you, you hit a point, did you hit several points where you said, you know, maybe, maybe I'm. I need to do something else. I need. To, I need to move on at a certain point. When you, if you don't get the big, big breaks, you know. Yeah, I. When I got dropped from from Bug from this first deal, I spent about three days on the couch and then got right back to work and reached out to Liz Rose, who I'd written a couple times with, um, and she just kind of off the cuff at one point had said, "You know, I wish you weren't signed because." I have been wanting to start a publishing company. I would sign you. And I just kind of tucked that away. And um, when I got dropped, I reached out to her via email and 
kind of joking if you were joking, but I'm serious if you were serious, you know, I'm available. Um, and she uh, signed me. And um, I've been with her for a decade now. Wow. Um, Did she have writers before you? No. Um, she had a publishing company about 15 to 20 years ago, and she had writers then. Okay. Um, but it had been a good decade, yeah. at least, since um, since she had had a publishing company. Uh, so I was her first new signing. Um, and now she has about eight writers. It's a it's a bigger company. Yeah, now. I've watched from a distance. Watch you guys grow. It's been yeah. great. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, and she um, she's really let me stretch and grow and burn out and fall in love with it. Kind of again on my own terms, and um, I'm grateful to her for that. Yeah, so you've you've you benefited from friendships along the way, people along the way that divine providence has sort of said, "Yeah, I'm going to help you." Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. We all need that. Absolutely. Um, yep. So, our show is called "A Song Could Change Your Life." Um, how does it hit you? That phrase hit you? That you immediately go, "Eh," or you go, "Yeah, it makes that means a lot to me. that makes sense to me." It makes sense to me um, on a few different levels. Um, in the purest sense of it, I just remember those times as a kid, um, hearing a song for the first time and just feeling like I'm being pushed back in my seat by like this sonic, what is that chord? I've never heard that chord before. What is that? Or the instrumentation. Um, yeah, I can remember everything about those moments as a kid. Um, and and then even, yeah, as an adult, um, certain songs hitting you um, when when I've gone through hard times or even just, I mean, I kind of stopped believing that a song could change my life um, mm. from my writing. And um, I was so grateful when every little thing happened because I had pretty much stopped believing. And we were able to pay off all of our debt. We were, I mean, it really did. It changed, it changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Well, speak, so let's just carry that into our, our song we want to talk about today, which Great. is um, you, you, uh, Show Me Around, which is new, a new song for you. It's brand But new. it comes out of a very, very, very personal, difficult moment for you. Um, so I would love for you to share with our folks how the song came about. And then, and then who you wrote it with, why you wrote it with these people. But you're up there right now, making plans and writing out all your favorite places that you just can't wait to take us. And we'll get to spend forever talking about whatever. When I get there, promise you'll track me down and show me When my husband and I were plotting to move to um, California after we had been, and um, I said we couldn't, you know, we couldn't seem to get pregnant again, and um, we were just trying to figure out a lot of kind of heavier times. And I was on the eve of accepting a position out in California, and suddenly was just struck with like grief that I hadn't really allowed myself to feel about 
how it would feel to leave Nashville and just kind of give up on this dream. And I never, ever like get down on my knees and, and pray. Um, I, I pray in the car, standing up or at the dinner table or wherever, but I physically got down on my knees, like beside my bed and wept to God, just praying, like, just take this dream away or show me a sign. Like just one or the other, please, God, just it's pretty much like my prayer of life. Like, just open the door, shut it, right. please. Yeah. Um, and the next morning, um, I got a call that uh, my dear friend and collaborator Busby was wanting to sign me. And um, and Busby, for our folks who don't know, is a very huge, well-known, yeah. successful songwriter, producer. Great. Yeah, great, great writer, producer. Huge hits with Pink and Christina Aguilera and... Keith Urban and Carrie Underwood and uh, Rascal Flatts and Marin Morris yeah. and the list goes on. And he's won Grammys and CMA Awards, ACMs, all the awards. Um, and we had been writing together for three or four years. And and he had said early on, like, gee, I wish you weren't signed. And I had kind of tucked that away too, <laughs> never really thinking. And then um, he – so Liz actually – the plugger for Liz Rose Music had reached out unbeknownst to me out to them, out to Busby and his plugger and had said, how would you guys feel about going in together uh, like a joint venture publishing deal on Emily Shackleton? Um, and, and he was all for it and um, just really turned everything around for me. Um, instilled so much belief in like real pure belief in me when I didn't have any left in myself. Um, he, he's a strong believer and um, I hadn't really experienced much of that in the music business and to experience um, a leader and um, boss, um, like one of the A-list figures in the music business, um, have such a heart for Christ and um, for helping others was uh, life-giving and, and life-changing and perspective-opening um, and allowed me to see a lot of what I do in, in a different way. Um, and we wrote so many songs I love together and um, I had my first number one with him and uh, our dear friend Carly Pierce, and he got us both these um, these necklaces at the number mm. one party. It's from Tiffany, uh-huh. and I kind of um, I just kind of naively thought that like I was just going to get to write songs with him forever, and um, we'd just have a lot of jewelry by the end of our lives. <laughs> um, and it was just this like really like precious, pure time. Um, he encouraged us to have more kids if we wanted more kids. I felt like I'd always been encouraged to not have kids mm-hmm. if I was going to be in the music business. He encouraged me to take more time off to be with my family. Mm-hmm. I had always been encouraged to stop spending so much time with my family mm-hmm. and work more. Um, he just really poured into uh, both my husband and I um, in such profound ways. And... Um, Last year on July 26th, he wasn't feeling well and his wife took him to the emergency room and he had a seizure on the floor of the ER and went into a coma for three days. 
and um, they discovered that he had a glioblastoma tumor, uh, which is a um, just real gnarly form of cancer. Um, and he passed away two months later after uh, being diagnosed. And my husband had his accident at the one month mark. It, like uh, Busby's diagnosis was on July 26th. Caleb had his accident on August 31st. And then Busby passed on September 29th. Wow. Um, so it was a really, really tough end of the year last year, for sure. Uh, my first time leaving the house, except, you know, I, I spent a week in the trauma unit um, at Vanderbilt with Caleb and then came home and he was in bed for six weeks and I was just as I wanted to be caring for him. Um, and the first time I left the house was to fly uh, out to California for 24 hours to go to Buzz's funeral. Um, and it was really interesting to realize um, in his passing um, with him being gone, um, I haven't experienced a lot of loss in my life, um, especially as an adult. And um, there's like this new longing for heaven um, that hasn't been there before. And it's not, you know, hurry up, like get life over with at all. It's, it's more of just a, like, come Lord Jesus. Um, no more tears, no more pain. Yeah. 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 And it, I think that, um, you know, suffering and grief and loss are all just like terrible, awful things that we have to go through, but they also give us those little longings for heaven. And like, they're all like pulling us like closer to home and giving us more and more of uh, longing for that. Um, his last few weeks um, alive, we were in the hospital and he um, was just up all night with terrible migraines from the, um, from the tumor. And he would text me every hour of the night, how are you doing? God is in control. Did you know God loves you? Hmm. Did you know that the creator of the atom and the entire universe is right <laughs> there with you right now? He and his wife, every every hour they were reaching out day and night. Um, he had no longing for getting back to making music. He was he was very um, um dead set on beating this. He he really he was like, we're gonna make it through, I'm gonna live. He had no desire to make music ever again. He, everything that was amplified through his sickness and through his last weeks were just like peace and mercy and, and Christ. And it was just really lovely to get to witness and be a part of. And I, I hope that I can be that for someone someday the way that he was for us. I hate how much that losing you hurts. I hope you know you left your mark on this world. I swear that I'd give anything on this earth to see your face. But for now I'll wait.
so you absorb that that gut punch. <laughs> and as a songwriter, you know, one of the real values of being a songwriter, I, I think of songwriters is that they can they can express things poetically in three to four minutes in, in a powerful way that speak for a lot of a lot of the world that can't do that. And so you're now dealing with this grief along with some other close friends. And as a songwriter, what do you you know, you want to pour, you want to express that somehow. Totally. I wrote a song um, pretty quickly after uh, Buzz's passing um, that I wrote by myself and I thought kind of got it out of my system. And when COVID hit and everyone quarantined, um, Carly Pierce reached out and um, said, let's start, let's start writing, let's start Zooming. Um, and Carly Pierce was, she was signed by Busby as well? She was, right. yeah. So the, the beautiful thing with Carly and I is that we were both sort of on our last leg of believing in ourselves and Buzz signed us both. And um, Busby and I and Carly got to write so much together and just form such a, a special bond. And um, he helped her catapult, you know, as an artist to the top of country radio and um, so she was going through, you know, a really tough divorce and losing buzz and was like, I need to write new music. I, I can't live in this album too anymore. Um, and so we, we reached out to um, one of my very favorite co-writers and friends, um, Ben West, who was Busby's best friend as well. They wrote um, that song Try for Pink, which was a huge multi-week, multiple genre, number one. Um, and he lives up in Michigan with his wife and four children, and they live a very wonderful life up there. He comes to Nashville, you know, once every few months, mm -hmm. like dream life. And <laughs> um, and so we were all Zooming. Carly said, we need to write a song for Buzz. And I was like, oh, gosh. Okay. And it just, it just fell out. It just was a quick, it, it had already written itself and somehow gave it to us, you know, it yeah. was one of those. So, so all three of you who were close to Buzz got together and, and had to revisit some of that pain in order to push through. But what you guys did so really well, which I, I love is you take, I love when writers do this, is you take sorrow and sadness and you convert it into something hopeful and something, um, something positive that, that even those of us who didn't know him can, we've all been affected by death of someone close to us. We can all, we can all relate to this. And uh, I love, I love uh, the, the course. I bet you're up there right now making plans and writing out all your favorite places that you just can't wait to take us and we'll get to spend forever talking about whatever. When I get there, I promise you'll track me down and show me around. And I would say that, you know, though, those of us from a faith background, we automatically correlate that to heaven and, and this ideal. But, I, but what I love about the song is even if you're not on that faith base, there's something 
hopeful about it and optimistic about it that um, someone like Busby, who had such a, a loving impact on so many people, um, that that can't, that that, that's not, that doesn't end with the end of his heartbeat. That's something else he's a part of and that we'll, we'll get to be a part of that too. And that the love that you guys say that we have for people that are meaningful in our lives, that that doesn't end at the end of a heartbeat. And, and you guys were able to capture that in a song. Thank you. And it's really, it's meaningful and powerful and, and helpful to people, I think. Thank you. I, um, I remember at one point when we were writing it, struggling with some of the verbiage and uh, where all three of us are uh, believers and, um, you know, have our own longings for heaven. And, um, and Carly at one point, I remember she just said, what if we just, and she meant in like the purest, loveliest way, what if we just like throw theology out the window for a second mm -hmm. and just like picture just meeting him again. And he's always been that guy that he knows every best restaurant in town. <laughs> you know, he knows all the places. Yeah. He was like very in the know right. and like the coolness yeah. thing, you know? So um, I'm, I'm glad that it comes across that way. You know, we, we know he's in heaven and we know that we'll, get to see him again one day. But. Yeah, you're using language that um, that those from a faith background understand and, and correlate, but using language that doesn't alienate people that don't. Totally. Which is... That was that was what we were trying to do. Yeah, oh, you, you, you nailed it. Um, yeah, thanks for writing it. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's very meaningful. I'm just thankful that we got to write the song, and I, I think that um, sometimes when there's things like that, ideas like that, that God kind of gives you, that you just trust that there's other purposes for it. Emily Shackleton, thank you for being our guest. Thanks, James. Uh, we love you and appreciate you. Thank you for writing this song and, uh, and changing a bunch of lives. Thank you for having me. Give big hugs to everybody. I will. I will. See ya. But you're up there right now Making plans and writing out All your favorite places That you just can't wait to take us And we'll get to spend forever Talking about whatever When I get there, promise you'll track me down Show me Thanks for listening to A Song Can Change Your Life, coming to you from the Black Box at the Alpharetta Arts Center. Our special guest has been Emily Shackleton. To learn more about Emily, go to lizrosemusic.com. To learn more about our show, visit asongcanchangeyourlife.com. Our audio engineer is Jerry Knabel. Our production coordinator is Jacob Davis Martin. Our production assistants are Aiden Miller and Matthew Smoltz. A Song Can Change Your Life is a Home by Dark production and brought to you by the City of Alpharetta, Georgia, Fulton County Arts and Culture, 
the Fulton County Board of Commissioners, and Arch Alpharetta. My name is James, and I hope you'll join us next time on A Song Can Change Your Life.